In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com/weightloss. That's plushcare.com/weightloss. All right, guys, welcome back to the Rick Shields Golf Show podcast, episode 217. In today's episode, we've got a very special guest, Mr. Tommy Fleetwood. A few weeks back, pre-Christmas, we were out filming in Dubai. I got the pleasure and honour, and it really is an honour, to spend time with Tommy Fleetwood. He's one of the nicest guys in the world. He really is. And considering he's one of the best players in the world, it's quite rare. We get to sit down with him, chat about his goals, his ambitions, how the Ryder Cup was. You know, don't forget, he hit the iconic winning shot to retain the Ryder Cup before continuing to go on to win the Ryder Cup. Um, so it's pretty special, really, really special. Uh, I think you're going to really enjoy it. Sit back and relax. Now, before we do get into that, I think it's also definitely worth a shout out for Nick Dunlap this weekend, winning the American Express, the first amateur to win a PGA Tour event for 30 plus years. All the way back to 1991, the last time an amateur won on tour, and that was Phil Mickelson. Now, Nick Dunlap has got an unbelievable pedigree. He's already the junior amateur champion and the amateur champion, and what his future holds only knows. I think the last player to have both the a junior amateur championship and the main amateur championship was Tiger Woods. <laughs> so I think this guy is going to go a long way. And also big shout out to Rory for winning his fourth Dubai Desert Classic this weekend in epic style. Um, really good. I think he, he could have gone back-to-back winning weeks. He could have potentially won the Dubai Invitational. But my man... The guy who's on the podcast today, Tommy Fleetwood, won it. Now, this, again, is pre-recorded. He hadn't won the Dubai Invitational at this point of recording. Um, so just bear that in mind. But So sit back and enjoy this very chilled and relaxed chat with me and Guy and Mr. Tommy Fleetwood. We're kicking things off straight away. Thanks for coming back on the podcast. Uh, no, uh, thank you. I've just said, actually, I'm a bit less nervous than last time. You weren't nervous up, last time. I was very nervous. You were so chilled and relaxed. <laughs> and you know what? In the last podcast that we did, which was like nearly two years ago now. Yeah. Was it? Yeah. It wasn't last Christmas. No, it's the year before. No. Which is one of the most successful podcasts we've ever done. Mm. And still to this day, 
one of the snippets I got from that podcast was why a player relationship with a brand is so important, a club brand. Oh, yeah, I do remember this now. And it was almost uh, like a mechanic for an F1 yeah. driver. And it, ever since, I'm like, yeah, it makes more sense <laughs> to me now. But thanks for coming on, back on. No, We're thank here you, thank you. in Dubai, mm-hmm. here at the DP World golf performance center the tommy fleetwood golf academy it's quite a mouthful yeah you get used to it it's the tommy fleetwood academy at the dp world golf performance center at jamira golf states if you want the um, that was nice full official when you said it, when you had to say it enough times like you, you get it well one thing it's stunning <laughs> it's absolutely stunning and it's not even it's like so close to dubai we're staying in dubai and it took like 15 minutes yeah. to get here today um there's Two golf courses here, Earth Course, Fire Course. Mm-hmm. We've got a little match lined up today on the Earth Course, yeah. which I'm excited about. A rematch, a 10-shot challenge rematch. As, as I actually said, you always seem to pick times when I've not practised. No, don't give me this stuff. <laughs> and, uh, you, when, when is there a time that you actually, don't do you know practice? what? I'm not doing that. People get their excuses in early when they're not confident, and I'm not going to do that. I take that back. Scratch that. Well... You beat me last time, so let's see what happens. No, I think we tied. You didn't know how a draw, wasn't it? Was it a time last? You made a double on I think you glossed over that, though, Rick, very, very... When you said, oh, it's a, a little match. This is a huge match. The 10-shot uh, challenge with Tommy, was it four-point-something million it's views? It's still the most viewed 10-shot challenge we've ever done. Um, this is redemption today. This is. This is a big one. I'm excited <laughs> about it. I'm, I'm, I'm probably not that I might show on the golf course today, but I'm a little bit more chilled as well today. What tees are we going to play? Whatever you want. Make it friendly, though. We'll play a composite course. <laughs> nice. Um, anything exciting happened this year? Any kind of big event that <laughs> happened? Uh, kind of the back end of the year? Any iconic shots that you managed oh, to me. pull out the bag? And I don't know what you're talking about. Any, any US fans that are upset with you? <laughs> How incredible was the Ryder Cup this year? I'm going to dive straight into that. Uh, it was. It was. It was good. It was. It was very cool. I think. Um, like the. It's, it's always like such a special a special time for us that um, are lucky enough to make the team or get selected for the team and then and then play I think um, and yeah everything revolving around the Ryder Cup uh, is extremely ex- extremely special um, it meant a lot to the the ones you know that were there at Whistling Straits where the end of the day like we got an absolute you know thrashing yeah. and um so i think i think this this time just felt very uh just very satisfying um yeah felt like redemption mm-hmm. i think we've i think just ultimately two years ago it's it's not that you get it's not that you get beat it's not losing yeah. i think it was that we just felt like um we didn't play like we could we didn't do ourselves justice um, as a team and then um, two years is a long time and I think it happens every single Ryder Cup when one team has won uh, there's this I don't know everybody seems to like break it down and um, and then plan on this uh, especially this time I think if you look at um, if you go back to Whistling Straits we were a team that didn't play like we could and we weren't particularly I think a lot of us you know barring barring a few I'm not doing everybody a a disservice but a few of us weren't in form or playing as well as we'd like the American team at the time felt like the Harlem Globetrotters pretty much they were a very very good team and then I think um, most people had their mindset in that it was going to be a long a long time of American like domination if you like and um, 
Well, so, you showed them. You well, showed them it's not. Uh, from from that uh, perspective, and then from that point of view, I think we felt very like, you know, very happy that we uh, you know managed to get it back. I was there all week, and I was there on the sixteenth hole in the grandstand on the <laughs> left, and you stood on that tee. And honestly, I'm, I, how you were feeling, I don't know. I mean, I was a few drinks in, so I was kind of quite excited. <laughs> you were good. You were good. But I was. I was I so, I was a few drinks in. so so nervous and excited and like I'm proud of you like I'm still <laughs> on that tee and obviously we've had the opportunity to film together a few times and and I've stood there on that tee and I'm thinking or saw you on that tee and was seeing it on the big screen I'm like this is epic when yeah. you looked around and that hole that 16th an iconic hole the short par four. Wow. so we actually played it about a month or so before the Ryder Cup and we actually played with the course designer Oh, did you? Yeah. And he was obviously uh, Dave Sampson uh, from European Golf Design. And he was talking about how he felt like that hole was going to be the real iconic yeah. hole because it's risk reward. Yeah. I mean, most every, every single golfer went for it. There's no real point in kind of laying up massively. Uh, no, there was, there was no real other shot. I actually remember playing it. I played the Italian Open in, I think, um, it might have been 2021. Um, and the they played it there's a tee like a lot further back and it was like a layup um we, i think we played two rounds of a layup and two rounds of a, of a drivable par four but at that point you could really see 16 17 18 15 as well like the back of the green the yeah, so what, what a finish like the rider cup was yeah. going to be uh so i think you knew then like it was going to be really cool and it's pretty certain 16 was going to be drivable all week for the rider cup it's just made for that so just explain it, and I'd, and I'd love to hear your you thought over that shot. You're there. You, you know at that point that your match is so incredibly important. Like, you you know at that point, <laughs> surely, if you win that hole, you potentially secure the Ryder Cup for Team Europe. Yeah. Is that right? Is that what you felt on that uh, team? Did you know that at the time? Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> it was one of them things, I think, from, like, when we were warming up in the morning. So I actually said... So let's go a bit further back. I don't want to be boring, but no, um, no, do listen. I want to not boring into this story. I, I remember saying to Claire on um, at some point on Saturday. So, so like uh, you know, as as players or as European players, anyway, we don't, we didn't really. You don't have a say in what position you go in or or where you go. It was like you know, Luke was very, very good at leading the team and. Um, he involved you where he felt like you would like to be involved but yeah. the rest of the time he took charge and everybody had their full trust in him I remember saying on Saturday to Cloud I can't remember whether I was in the middle of play like you know in between rounds or whether it was at the end of the day and I said I know where he's going to put me and I don't want to play there oh really um, well it's like it's just so the singles is a very strange feeling in the Ryder Cup because you just spent you've got all the build up and then you spend two full days where there's only um, uh, there's only four matches on a golf course yeah. at any given time 50, 60, 70,000 fans so it's, it's, crazy. Like, it's such a tight and then the singles you'll wake up and it's so spread out and um, but in particular like if you're not out sort of say one, two, three, or one, two, three, four, once you come to warming up it's like hardly anybody around all of a sudden uh, and it's so like really, it's really, really quiet drops off quite a bit and um, and then you're out on the golf course and you're playing on your own all of a sudden it's a very, it's a very very different feeling and um, 
And I'm going to say, I was like, I know he's going to put me out of the back. So there's two things that are going to happen. Either it's all over. So then you're wandering around just mm. wanting to get in because mm. you you, you've won and you'll want to celebrate. Or it's not over and like it's going to have to come down to you <laughs> and, and it's not gone the way that we would like it in the singles. And then you have like a an unexpected like pressure at the end. So there's, there's those two things that can happen really. And I was like, I don't really want to be a part of that. But, so um, you'd have preferred to be in the first three groups? Um, yeah, I'd have, I'd have rather gone out a bit earlier. Yeah, but I played I played eleven in Whistling Straits, yeah. and um, and again, like it, it kind of your singles doesn't mean nothing. Like you still got pride in in your point and your result. But I remember we spoke about it a few times with uh, Jordan. I played Jordan Spieth in the singles at Whistling Straits, and we were at eleven. Ride cut was over, and we just spent the eighteen holes, kind of like, and as much as you try, yeah it's just mm. there's not like it's just very well, difficult to get up to it if it's then, one side and it's finished by yeah, that point it's, you're it's thinking finished and, and we and you know and, and to be and to be fair it got to like 15, 16, 17 and we were all square and the crowd were more around then because we were at the end and then it got a bit more like you, you know a bit more intense but it, it's just like it, it was kind of over so that, so that was always a possibility um so does that does that spur you on that kind of crowd motivation that that almost i mean i see it as being almost pressure do you see it as almost being able to soak in that atmosphere from the crowd well i, I think um i think whatever you do uh the crowd plays such a huge part in those moments and um I mean, if you take if you take the the 16th for example, um, you know, one of the greatest shots that I'll ever hit, probably, and one of the greatest moments I'll ever have in my career. If there's not one person around, then it's not quite the same, is it? It's no, like, that's true. It's, that's so, true. So I think um, I think for that re- like for those reasons, the crowd plays such a big part in what are the memorable moments mm. and what are those. Yeah. So so yeah, they they do they do play a, a, a huge part yeah just just on that moment though like obviously it's t- to win the Ryder Cup like that is massive in itself and uh, like I said a moment you'll never forget but as a golfer already with a great career but that must give you something moving forward knowing you've been there in the biggest moment <laughs> in golf and you've, you've had all those millions of people watching and, and tens of thousands around the tee that must be a, a nice feeling going forward now uh, knowing you can do it on the biggest stage <laughs> yeah yeah I um so I mean, I've honestly, I've never felt so sick on a golf course for uh, it, it. When you looked at the leaderboard and, and one of my, like one of the things that came up in the team talk that night before was just don't, you're going to look at the leaderboards, you're going to look at that, but don't um, fall in love with whatever the scores are. Don't think that those scores are the be all and end all because actually in four balls, once you get to the you know the scores if you're two or three up it's very very difficult to turn them around because yep. it's generally going to take a birdie or probably more to win a hole yeah. in four balls so it's hard to change yep. those scores so when you see them that looks like the real score but in singles yeah bogey could win a hole Classic could win a hole, true, yeah. and then you can have a rapid turnaround so it's like don't really you know worry about the scores take care of your point and i remember looking at the board on like the seventh or eighth hole and it just there was something about it I don't know why but it was like it's gonna come down there was Sh- it went Shane me Bob the, the back three I was looking at him and I was like it's likely 
not that it will, but it, it's all of a sudden it's looking more likely that it, it was could. getting so closer. Then, mm-hmm. so throughout the day, realize, it was getting and, and in, really close. And like in reality, in reality, I think we were always somebody was always going to get the point. Of course, we were, but like not quite sure. <laughs> and and you're like you just you just have to keep going. And when it and when it does come down to potentially, it's going to come down to one of you. Things start you know getting a bit more. Um, nervy and there's pressure on and yeah I did feel like from about the 8th and 9th all onwards felt very nervous and I remember trying to eat a, I was trying to eat a protein bar or something down 14 and I took one bite and I was like nah <laughs> this isn't going to stay down so what, I'll just leave it what does nerves feel like to you? Uh, it's a very good question like in a, in a way like like, I, like nerves of doing a Rick Shields podcast or like <laughs> no of, you don't really get bloody nervous no. because, but I think I think because on the outset you're so chilled and calm I almost <laughs> can't ever envision you being nervous but uh, you, either you mask it or hide it very well but what, what very like like what yeah but what does it feel like to you because I, I obviously know it, like I, I get shaky hands I can almost like my I can feel it with me is that the same with you yeah I think you're um, you know you're your heart rate's going um you're obviously you know very nervous like i could feel that one in the pit of my stomach you know yeah. throughout the whole mm. back nine um you know very very nervous and yeah there's you know there's parts of you that are shaking and stuff uh i, I think everybody might feel it in different ways but i would say what comes with the nerves probably the same for everybody yeah um, uh and like i mean there's nothing else to do is there but i just, I just when i look trust at yourself and when I look at Tour Pros and I, and I see it in that amphitheatre, certainly around yeah. that 16th, I spent a lot of time on there enjoying myself, <laughs> looking down on, on the on the players and just thinking, they're bloody superheroes. Yeah, you're superhuman well. <laughs> because I, I can't. I think... I, you don't look real in that. Yeah. You're like gladiators. And I know it was Rome. It was very kind of geared around that gladiator theme with the Colosseum. Around, I love that wrap around that first tee with the Colosseum. That kind of art uh, work. And again, I was on the first tee on the Friday. And, and just looking down, you're like, how? I can't comprehend how unbelievable you, or every single player does. Um, and I suppose that's hard work, it's dedication, it's all the hours you've put in in the past. But it almost seems like you're so chilled and relaxed and like, even like playing up to the crowd. Like, it's just, it's but, just awesome. But with that though, is that something that you've seen in your career where you might have been either an elite junior or when you first turned pro where there's guys who were great ball strikers, great golfers, but when it comes to handling those nerves under pressure, some people just almost melt and some people like yourself can, can take that energy and use it positively. Um. I mean, I, yeah, I mean, probably. I, I always think um, you know, there's obviously, like, levels throughout your career from a junior and everything that you continue to try and move up to. And um, I think the margins in golf are incredibly small, but I think the um, the amount of... I, I think it's probably... Um, something that's overlooked or underestimated. Like, I always think, you know, you look at the... FedEx Cup, for example, is is a very good example for me. So, out of the millions and millions and millions of people that play golf around the world, even you know, even in just America alone, mm-hmm. seventy people made the FedEx Cup finals this year. It, it it's a ridiculously tiny, you know, minute amount of players that that would make them finals. Same on the, you know, on the DP World Tour. Um, how many people keep the card or how many people make you know the the dp world tour finals it's such a tiny amount um uh, ride a cup 
12 on each team. It, mm. It's so, so small. So um, there's, obvi- you know, tiny, tiny things that will separate uh, from, you know, making that team or having an amazing season or, or whatever that is. And uh, whether that's, you know, something to do, you know, whether that's mental, whether that's, um, I don't know, the way that, you, you know, people practice, maybe that's a bit of luck. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, there's just... It's just there's there's such tiny margins, um, and it's it's always difficult to put your finger on it. But of course, like um, you know, there's there's something there that that separates everyone. But what it is? Well, you've, you you guys have, have got it. That's what <laughs> that's what you got. What was a better Ryder Cup for you, Paris or Rome? Or is that too hard? Is that like uh, is that like saying which is your favourite child? Is that is that almost too hard of a question? <laughs> um, it's 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 a yeah i mean it's a tough one i think you know different to be honest all three of them for different reasons um paris was my first one such a special like time and opportunity for me I, you know fran playing with somebody who was so close to me getting off to that start but you did so you did unbelievable we, you were, un- yeah. were you undefeated in paris uh, me and fran were i i got hosed in the singles by oh. Tony Fina, but we don't remember. <laughs> um, you know, we won by, you know, a, a really big margin. Um, and it, it was it was so, so cool. I think Whistling Straits, for, for the tough, you know, for such a tough time that we had on the course, I think that we, for different reasons, again, we became so close off the course and we drew on what time you know what the positives were that week um and it was amazing for for that so i think that you know that was great for many different reasons and then this one obviously feels like very you know again go back to the word satisfying redemption whatever it is but felt like we did ourselves justice this time um and uh from from a on a personal level like having um I always think like whenever the Ryder Cup comes along, you see all you always see the winning moments of those Ryder Cups and those shots, um, like as if I was you know the one that got that opportunity out of everyone. It's ridiculous! Um, it's so good. Like it's still kind of weird. Well, like I said, there was a couple of iconic shots. Obviously, your your drive into sixteen, uh, Rory's pitch on seventeen. Yeah, I know. Were you there for that shot? Filth. Uh, I I had such a poor view of it. I was really annoyed. I was like short right of the green. So I can't really see him, and then it's over. Like from us, there's a bunker at the front of the green, so I couldn't even see it. So like the guys at the back and everything had an amazing view. All I've done is see it on TV. Um, yeah, I think it even kickstarted with was it Victor Hovland? Whether he was one of the first groups out, he chipped in on the first hole. Yeah, I think it was the first group yeah, out, and then you suddenly uh, think, yeah. oh my god, I know. He just set the scene, didn't it? Straight away. Um, excited about Luke Donald being announced as captain again for in two years' time. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think he's. Uh, I think he's perfect, um, and I just think. Um, I think a lot was made of um, like the landscape of the European Ryder Cup team changing th- this this time. Uh, it the, not necessarily the actual team that was lined up to play, but I think you look at um, the the team, the vice captains, and, and everything. Uh, what people would have expected two years ago. It was clearly very different, and I think, effectively, like when I 
made the team in Paris feel like you're walking into that era of Ryder Cup legends and mm. uh, you know you're walking into that team and that and they were going to be here for a long time through yeah. vice captains to captaincy and I think just with that the way things have been and, and that changing and the landscape changing of the team I think the continuity of um, Luke who's been unbelievably successful and, and then the team that will be around him um, I'm sure there'll be a lot of similarities there I think it was definitely the right thing to do for us we kind of got subbed in as captain after Henrik Stenson being kind of stripped yeah. of captaincy so I, f I feel like he needed a full run at it mm. as well like, yeah, I, I feel mean, like he, he for himself he needed that no you're fully captain this, you know, yeah, it's, it's I, all yours this yeah, time yeah and I think uh, like him him and Diane like unbelievable job they did he spoke so well we had so much like respect for him and he and he owned the room when he was in it um diane was amazing um and i just think yeah like i think it's it's harsh that people might look at him as being subbed in for that one because um i think when the Ryder cup captain selection was going on i think he was very close to getting it yeah. i think it was very like 50 50 yeah. almost between him and henrik so um I'm sure it hurt when he didn't get it and then I know he would hate to think yeah. that, that people would see it as that way but look at the job he did with half a term to oh, actually try and get it. things Unreal. right so um, you know for him to just kind of continue and I mean like if if we if the team happened to happens to win in Bethpage Black that got one of the best Ryder Cup legacies of all time like it'll be amazing do, do you find them with the Ryder Cup obviously golf is such an individual sport you know you know that about anybody growing up it's on your own there's some levels of team element for your county or for your country the Ryder Cup is the pinnacle of that do you find that then moving you know you you, you find relationships and friendships through the Ryder Cup that kind of last throughout tour life then that you become close to people from that that week yeah you, you definitely um for the most part like um you, you obviously have your your friends that'll be you know on tour that you travel around with that you that you're super close with and mm -hmm. that you've grown up with um but i do think like when you've played when you've been in a, a Ryder cup team with the players um there's a there's a bond that you all have um that lasts you know you know that you've um like gone into battle together essentially yeah. and um you know what you've been through that week it, it sounds daft look I understand like we're only playing like golf but it's it's so intense and it means so much and there's so much for, for us as europeans i think we take a massive responsibility of carrying the legacy that's been going on for a long time and i and i think it means so much to us so when you've done all that together there's definitely bonds that stay i mean yeah. I've, I've been to i've been very lucky to be to a number a lot of really big golf events this year the Masters the Open but the Ryder Cup is just as a fan it's, yeah, it's, it's different, different. It is, as a fan yeah, like every shot yeah. matters yeah. And, and and every shot from the team you support and you like every, every time you look to the TV or you look to the golf course it's like please go in please go in please go in yeah, yeah. but the Open sometimes if it's the third hole on a Friday it's like mm. well, it doesn't matter if that doesn't yeah, go of in course, yeah, like, yeah. you're not as passionate about every single yeah, golf yeah. shot it possibly. definitely seems to appeal as well most the casual fan like I have friends who are like semi into golf who will maybe watch the Open the Masters and that's maybe it but then when the Ryder Cup comes around they're absolutely well behind yeah, it it just seems to almost yeah. make more sense 100%. to them well, it's, it's, um, I think by far when it comes around it's the biggest sporting like occasion yeah. in the world so uh, for us that are European or American and the ones that managed to 
you know, again, make the team, like to have the chance to play, um, you know, all the majors are on a world stage and all golf's on a world stage, but the Ryder Cup is levels above that in terms of how it's viewed. Yeah. And, um, and then and the noise factor of the crowd, uh, like you say, every shot seems, you know, like <sighs> so fist pumping good. on the first is something yeah. that very, very, very rarely happens. And I would say like that Friday morning, that Friday morning when you wake up, um, and you sort of head into the golf club and you're getting ready. Um, there's nothing comes close to it in terms of like the intensity levels of what you feel and like the um, the sort of silence in the in the air, like in the locker yeah. room and the tension. And you put in, you know, when you put in your shirt on and stuff, and you look around the room, like it's very very cool. What's uh, what's Beth Page going to be like? What's New York? <laughs> 2025 going to look, look like we'll, uh, we'll we'll see won't we there's um it'll be a challenge that that's for sure i uh i really really like everyone i you know you can already already look at it it's two years away put it down as a two-year goal to try yeah, and make that team and i would love to be there uh playing in as part of the team but i'm sure it, i'm sure the uh like new york crowds will make oh, it um good pretty hostile environment Rick will be there though cheering you on in the 16th exactly that's all so we need <laughs> what's your favourite Tommy Chant because you've got some absolute cracking oh, Ryder Cup chants one that I can't actually say on, on air is that your favourite though yeah, yeah. It's a good one, it? <laughs> I'm, it's I'm sure you one. won't like that one uh, but <laughs> I like that one <laughs> um, I, I love I mean the, the class like Tommy 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 yeah. Tommy 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 <laughs> it's just like there's so many I mean that Sunday night so I went uh, down into the fan zone on that Sunday night there was a concert on I can't remember who it was DJ now but it, the atmosphere was just electric and I was into into one of the bars till almost the closing and it, it, it scenes that you just do not expect to see. It's a room full of predominantly men, but like literally chanting your name. Like, <laughs> Why like, would you not expect to see that? <laughs> <laughs> it was absolutely a wall. It was crazy. I was at one point in a bean, a massive bean bag, right? A bean bag. Being tossed up into the air, <laughs> and like my sunglasses got broken, all <laughs> sorts. And it's just, it's like. You, I don't. I don't know as a player because obviously you don't get to see. I don't know as a player if you if you really, truly, truly, truly understand how much it means to fans. Uh, no, you you actually probably don't. And I, and um, again, like um, for the you know the week of the Ryder Cup, for example, um, we're very much uh, like you see us playing in front of you know all the, the biggest crowd we'll ever play in front of, but. Um, we're very much in a bubble like the whole mm. week like you're, you're with the team um, you know you, the stuff that you do on the range or on the course is obviously in front of everybody that's there um, when you're finished you know you might you know eat something or get a drink you might stay in the locker room and have a team talk or you might do that Luke might do it back at the hotel but then you're in a car you leave you go to the hotel you change in your hotel room and you go down to the team room you're with your team and, and our you know partners um, go to bed wake up the next day you do it the same so you, you're very much very much in a bubble like you don't yeah. you don't get all of that stuff I'd tell you what if, honestly if, if any player it wouldn't be it wouldn't you wouldn't get through it with safety precautions but if any player turned up at one <laughs> well, of those bars yeah. on that Sunday night I mean it would it was already going off it would be absolutely crazy um, here's an interesting question Where, how would you deem the success of 2023 
to be for you personally and, and career um from a uh so if if you look at it um like i would look at it in two or three different ways but from a results uh perspective uh very good without um without winning this year on an indiv- on an individual basis um and you know that would be something that you would look at that yeah you'd be disappointed of course everybody on the planet wants to win more and uh you know without question i don't win anywhere near as much as i would like or feel like i might have the opportunity to do so that might not happen forever i might win more than my first share yeah. coming up and i always try and keep a positive spin on that um because when i look at it from a performance standpoint from a consistency standpoint and where the level of my game was at i think it's been um arguably this year as high as any of my um i always class like 17 18 19 were my you know best years and i think this year i played easily to a level that was as high as those so when I look at the performances and, and the consistency of my game and how I felt on the golf course, I see that as a massive positive and I'm, re- and I'm very, very happy with that and want to continue that. So, um, and plus you add to that, I think um, the Ryder Cup was unbelievably special time, moments that I'll, that I'll have forever. The Open at Hoylake um, ended up being, you know, very, very sad finish for, for me in the end, the way it went. But I, I look back at the feeling that I had on the first tee in front of my home crowd, um, the first round leading the open after the first round, going out last in the open on Saturday in my home, in you know one of my home opens. Um, the way I played that week, where I felt like I was probably um, under you know as much pressure as you know anybody else being at home and stuff. So did, there was did a lot feel of more pressure than the Birkdale Open. Um, uh, in a, in a way, yeah, I think um, probably uh, probably more pressure, but at the same time, I think I was more experienced this time mm, to yeah. to handle it, and I felt a lot more prepared. Because um, so, where where the Birkdale Open, you actually started badly in the first round, didn't you? I shot semi here, yeah. But then, show, cl- yeah. but then did incredible to make the yeah. cut, pretty much on the number, right? Yeah. Where this time round, you're obviously your expertise and your experience had really yeah. shone through the fact you were leading the open yeah. after the first round. Yeah, like I, you know, I, I was playing well, um, and I did. I started off pretty nervy that on that Thursday, um, and I didn't really hit a decent golf shot until about the fifth. And around that fifth, sixth, seventh, I started to get into the round a bit more. Started to like calm down, and then I played really well and got on a good run and and put it well. Um, so and then and then sort of found my way into the tournament quite well and honestly um, that week particularly Friday struggled towards the back end of the round did well to finish with the, uh, the where I did got myself into the last group and then Saturday Sunday I played really 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 well and uh, put in let me down I didn't particularly put badly couldn't get the ball in the hole and it just felt hard yeah. from there. And it's, you know, like what it what it's like on link screens is you get days where you just look at the port, you don't even line it up and you hit it towards the hole and everything looks like it's going to go in. And I had a weekend where I felt like I couldn't hold anything. And I, I played so, so well and I was really happy with how I played and I just couldn't make advances on Brian, who who did, you know, un, unreal. And then uh, 
finish you know uh it's over the back on 17 and made a triple but like you know very close again to having um my joint best finish in a major and it was at the home one so there was a lot of amazing things about that that i just that I took from it just just on that though we hear you might have even said this last time we interviewed you but we hear a lot from tour pros that you know you try and treat majors the same as any other tournament you go into it with the same mindset and i kind of get that from a kind of consistency standpoint but it must feel different the open for units in the northwest it has uh, to yeah, yeah it is i think um like i th- i think um you do try and treat them the same in terms of um yeah preparation uh what you do week in week out uh when you get uh, you know when you get on the golf course play your game stay in the present focus on all the things that you do that that you should do that sort of lead to the success that you have in any normal week um but there's no getting away that they are different Mm -hmm. um particularly like a home open you know what's coming but i think if you as long as you're honest with yourself and you prepare for that like i you know very aware or actually I say very aware of what's going to be you hope that it's going to be what you think it is because mm. if I went to the first tee and there was nobody around or nobody <laughs> was supporting me I'd be like this is shocking like, um, <laughs> what have I done so, <laughs> um, so like you, um, so prepare for that like there's going to be a lot of people there's going to be a lot of noise there's a lot of expectation on you you're going to be nervous you're going to want to try harder because mm. of how much it means to you and if you uh, like I, I like writing things down so like I would write all that down and then I would you know on the other side i would obviously look at how i feel like i should tackle that or um and if if i've got that and i've got a plan in my mind then i feel very much i feel very much more prepared and then Mm. go out because um in my experience maybe not everyone's like this but those things crop up um and i might have started for instance in the open i might start a birdie 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 and i'd you know my expectations my emotion would have shot through the roof mm. um and equally i could have started bogey 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 and then want to try unbelievably hard and get disappointed yeah. or something so um being ready for all those kind of scenarios in a week that means so much to you uh, that things will be more difficult to like do things that you do every week like stay in the present or yeah. you know react well or whatever if you prepared for them then it then nothing is. it's almost like a risk assessment like, yeah. <laughs> uh, i think so yeah yeah. Like, in a way, yeah you need to know all the crazy out outputs that might yeah, happen yeah. you know for example if you go and double the first right what's my what's my plan then yeah yeah if i start birdie 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 what's yeah. my strategy then yeah and on like a normal uh, you know I'm not putting any other tournament down but on a normal week i think you, you know you play very regularly so you're playing 30 events a year say if it's on a normal week you'll do those things pretty naturally yeah. um you understand that there's 72 holes in a tournament and um you kind of i i always kind of see my career as a, a big long thing so like any hole doesn't you might get up and down in the moment but overall i know deep down i'm you know it's one hole out of tens of millions of holes oh, that i'll probably play so like i'm i'm kind of all right about it reacting of course in at the time you'll get angry or you'll get upset um but like i feel like i'm pretty good at you know reacting deep down and in, in getting back to it but just in in those ones where they mean a lot then and not to bring up any any <laughs> sticky situations this year is the one particular shot that you could wish you could retake this year uh um and how how do you deal with that? Did you in the market for investment worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry? Rebag is the answer. 
Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bombas socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Do you put it so far back in the memory that it doesn't I think um, if I could actually take one shot back, um, it, it would be um, potentially the um, tee shot off the last in the Canadian Open. Yes, was that in, in regulation play? That was the. It's a bit of an odd hole, that though, isn't it? It was only an, it was an iron off the tee that then left you like a five wood in or yeah. something. Um, and um, it's it's a strange one. So that week, uh, probably the closest I got to winning all year. Because you birded, you I had birded a, a 16, incredible 17. run, didn't you? And birded you got 16, to 18 17 to go joint leader, and you're on a par five, um, easily reachable, obviously, with an iron in your hand off the tee to hit the fairway, and a birdie wins the tournament. That week, I was actually struggling with my swing a bit. Really? Um, and I, I started the week and I was hitting it really poor. I was really, really struggling. Um, spent quite a bit of time on the range having to go through like some different feels to just feel like I could get it going. And I didn't play particularly amazing in the first round. and was just sort of steady away. And then I had a really good third round. Shot eight under, I think, in the third round. and ended up in the last group. And then played pretty good in the final round but I actually um, led put in that week uh, for the tournament wow. uh, but interestingly enough like on a week where I didn't feel like I was swinging my best was the week where you putted really I, well I putted really well <laughs> and I, was, it. I was you know stood on the last with needing a birdie to win um, and um, I'd probably take that shot back but it was one of them where it was the same thing I've been struggling with all week I had like it's getting a bit quick from the top and stuff and then a little bit nervous on the last got a bit quick on a five yeah. I missed the fairway um, end up making par and then going into a playoff you're in a really like, tricky sl- slot on the right hand side yeah, you on that hole yeah um, did you go you, uh, you didn't go five or did you no I, I put five wood down and um, the line in, in my, well in my defence I am useless out of the rough um, 
And uh, you, when you say that, I'm useless out of the rough. Uh, I, had a, you, I had a lesson off Rory at the Ryder Cup out of rough. No really? way. I did, yeah, because um, the rough was really thick there, and I know Rory's very good out of it. And we were playing a practice round, and I asked him to help me out there. Well, it's the one week a year you can ask uh, he, for he, help. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like, yeah, so like, um, I'm obviously quite a shallow player, like, yeah. and um, I get in rough, and I, I try. I either hit a big smother left or a big choppy cut thing that goes like nowhere no right. And I'm always wondering. I'm yeah. always wondering. Like I watch people out the rough and I'm like, they make it look so easy or they're so good out of it. So I, I asked Rory to help me. Uh, but anyway, back to Canada. Like I looked at the lie. I'm pretty sure a lot of people would have probably gone for it. And I just looked at it. I thought I'm going to hit this like 40 yards. Yeah. Um, so I went to lay up and I was wedging it great and I was putting great. So just lay it up in the fairway. Mm and like wedge it on give yourself put for it lo and behold useless out of rough carved it into the more rough on a tail oh. over there and the next up, shot was really hard the yeah third I had shot. a great shot there actually yeah. um, I had a great shot and a great put I ended up making five um, but yeah probably that t-shirt would be one that I when it back. comes to, to bad shots though everyone listening who obviously plays golf have all hit bad shots have all missed a pot on the last that was going to be for our best ever score how much then do you kind of go away and either like to just try and forget about it, just move on, it's one shot at a time, or do you kind of look back and think what could have done better? Like, how do you move on from, from bad shots? I'm um, sure a lot of people listening want that kind of help. Th- there's, there's like, I suppose there's a bunch of different like ways you can do it. I would say, um, you, you kick the golf bag. Now, this is the Rick Shields you, approach. You, throw the fall club out, forward, throw the forward, blame the caddy, I'll blame Finno, uh, kick the bag. Um, uh, so one thing I could be better at, for instance, is probably self-talk. Uh, you know, I don't talk to myself particularly great all the time, but um, like I'm all right at moving on. Like, mm. um, and um, I just think, like for me, um, when when I tee off on the first, I know that I'm going to play 18 holes. So while I'm out for those 18 holes, I'm going to have to do it every shot anyway. Mm. Either trying it a good one or like. You know, don't. Yeah. Um, uh, nice one. Uh, so, uh, um, so that's just that's just how that's what I sort of try and tell uh, my kids. For instance, you know, everybody's going to get frustrated and angry. You're going to hit bad shots. And again, like, there's things that I can I, I can obviously do better. Uh, but I do know when I come to every shot, like in my mind, I'm out there for five hours. Um, so while I'm out there, you know, hit every shot to the best of your ability and then like figure it out afterwards or something. So that's just, that's how I've always looked at it. Yeah. Um, and uh, I think, you know, every, everybody's different, but that's just, that's just my mindset. So that gives me like the clarity that I will just, you know, try on the next shot and I'll. Just on that, you mentioned your kids then. I know you said earlier on kind of off camera how much they're loving golf and getting yeah. into golf. Do you still love golf like you did when you were a kid? Yeah, I love golf, yeah. Really? Yeah. Even though it's your job and you're playing so much, you still um, I'm Tommy Fleetwood and I love golf. <laughs> I'm Tommy Fleetwood I love... Uh, is that normal? That's absolutely, is that normal for a tour pro? Does some guy see it as a job? I know um, it's such a great job and well, you're I, so fortunate, it, but... You know, the... I, I suppose from a professional level, like, golf is my job. Um, like, it is It is a job. It's yeah. a career. And um, there's, there's, there's... I think I have to be... There's when it comes to like when I'm working or I'm at a tournament or you know I'm practicing before I go to a tournament say 
um, you have to be very disciplined and I have to work on the exact things that I know I want to work on um, and get right and what I'm trying to improve on at any given time. And that's one side of it. That, that's my job side of it mm-hmm. in trying to um, chase my dreams and, you know, make the most out of my career for as long as I can, I, I will have it as my career. And then I also think the other side is um, I love the game of golf. Like mm. I love playing with my kids. I love playing with my mates. I love um, I love going um, on a chipping green or a pitching area and messing around mm. and trying different things. I love um, like maybe not today because it's a very important match. Oh, but match. I uh, I could go out and play golf today and shoot a hundred and be just as happy like it doesn't bother me one bit wow um i'll just enjoy going around and messing around a golf course well because you know that's not you know that you can play really good golf as well Well, so yeah it, and, and i just you know i um i just don't care if i'm playing and it doesn't matter like i just enjoy hitting golf shots or trying something great. or something and I, and I do enjoy the game i do enjoy the game for that and i enjoy anybody i enjoy spending time with people that love the game you know like uh, like golf has been my life for um such for as long as i can remember Forever. since i was i look at frankie now who's six he reminds me a lot of me when i was that age and i was just getting into the game and i yeah. loved it it was always my favorite thing to do and um but yeah i mean you look at it now and like i obviously live here and i will it, it's bizarre that i would come to the tommy fleetwood academy and practice like and i have something that is like important to me but i one of my main goals really is that everybody it, it's like creating the best environment for you to grow in or yeah. um uh, and that's like one of my main goals you must be really proud as we sit here at the tommy fleetwood <laughs> academy i mean that that must be really really satisfying uh, for you it's it's cool yeah i i do uh i do love it and it was um wasn't necessarily always something that i had as a dream or a goal but i i guess as i and I'm still not old, by the way. I'm still like relatively young, but I think um, for for a while now, I sort of everything. I always feel like everything that I learn in the game is for my like it is for myself. But then I kind of want to use it. Yeah. Maybe it's because I have kids as well, and they're into the they're into the game, so I want them to improve. But everything I learn, kind of want to pass on, or the certain beliefs that I will get that. And everybody forges their own like mindset or beliefs and it'll be from their own experiences. So I've had good and bad experiences that I've learned from every time and then I'll just try and make them work in like in an academy in, in, in like setting. But like I say, at, at evenings here, they were saying it's like 200 kids down here practicing. It's very, uh, yeah, it is very cool. It's like, such and a, you're inspiring them. Uh, maybe. You are, <laughs> of course you are. They get, yeah. to, they get yeah. to spend time, you're here, and they get to spend time and they might get to come have a picture with you or that you sign a hat and they'll look up to you as a, as a real role model not only here but at form behold back at home where you've also got another golf academy i think you'll whether you underestimate i don't think you should underestimate your inspiration on young talent who are, who are growing up in the game because as much as yes you are still young but you've achieved so much mm. i think so many young kids will look up to you and go i want to be tommy fleetwood <laughs> oh, that'd, be, that'd be nice hopefully they they're be- hopefully they're better than me well, for the you've done all right, but like, <laughs> like that must be really cool to see it. And you never know in next ten years, you know, there might be an, a superstar that comes out uh, of the Tommy that, Fleetwood well, Academy. That, that would be, yeah, that would be a bit of a that would be, that would be a dream. I've said that a few times, but um, being able to 
play on tour like against or with like somebody that came out came through that would be cool the academy would be like that would be amazing I mean we've seen it with like Faldo series back in the day and I'm sure you you played in Faldo series didn't you back in the day as I well I chopped it around the Faldo series a couple of times yeah <laughs> but like even that back in the, is there to inspire young talent yeah yeah absolutely and obviously Faldo seeing success from young talent coming through and becoming a tour player yeah. and stuff now as well so I'm, I'm excited to see what happens but, from from young talent well, coming out of Tommy Fleetwood Academy. I would be surprised if there is. I mean, this place, I knew today when we came here, Tommy Fleetwood Academy, it was going to be good. Your name's on it, it's going to be good. I'll be honest, hands up, it's better than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> There's two gyms. There's Thanks. obviously an amazing putting green short game yeah. area range. Like this literally, as I said before, this is like, it would make you feel like a tour pro for the day coming here. Yeah. It's got everything like, you'd need and more. We do, we do have like, um, we do have an unbelievable facility. I think um, we have eight, pros and two trainers I think and wow. it's more um, like from a day-to-day -day standpoint and, and and for the for the kids and the people that come here everybody that comes here the those guys are the ones that you know the pros are giving them the day-to-day -day experience and I think we do have an amazing team here so we're very very lucky like very passionate always learning uh, great personalities and like I say like from from my belief from an academy I'm not a coach and I never I never will be a coach mm -hmm. uh, but um, like I've always looked for more in my career and I've always um, there's always something that you find that works for you or that you believe in that you think works universally and I think the environment um, you know the environment the mindset the you know the lessons the discipline and the people that surround the place are all like you know such important things and that's kind of like my impact on it if you like that's what I try and leave and then the pros are so good that, that you know they just take care of everything else and who knows it might be little frankie fleetwood uh frankie's yeah frankie's doing well he's got uh, it's very very good um i uh yeah hopefully you get a chance to have a chipping comp against him or something he literally he barely hits a golf ball on the range he's not that interested in golf balls but he can hit it forward so at six that's about enough yeah. and then his chipping and putting is really good so i would love to see uh Rick Shields, no, he'll so. me. What? Um, <laughs> how are you coping with that? Because I've I've got three kids as well. I'm trying to get them into golf. I'm trying to get them encouraged, and and they're, they're definitely intrigued about golf. I wouldn't say they're, they're dead into it just yet. Um, we've not got quite got a Tommy Fleetwood Academy where where we live just at the moment. I think I think moving to the buyers. <laughs> how are you managing that kind of relationship with your, even getting your kids involved? Are you um, quite. I'm guessing he's seen what you've achieved and wants to do what Dad does. Yeah, I think um, so. Oscar and Mo, the two older boys, they play very like into the game, very passionate about it. I obviously play, um, and I think Frankie just ends up has ended up wanting to just hang around with us and doing what yeah. we want. But it's almost turned into uh, at, this is what when I say he reminds me a lot of me. He'll come on from school, so he gets home from school at three, three thirty or something, and he wants to go to the academy. He wants to just come and hang out and practices golf like chip and putt and he gets so much joy out of it that all my job really is is to just stay out of the way yeah um, <laughs> like i'll you know um i'll have a chipping comp with him and stuff and and put and then uh, you know i'll take him out onto the course and we'll play some holes i'll just tee him off where i think he can reach the green in regulation um but it's like as long as he is enjoying it um I mean, he's six years old. Like, I, I mean, what else is Perfect. there to do? Like, just make sure he enjoys it. Like, don't yeah. get in his way. And um, and it's it's actually amazing watching 
he's had like a handful of lessons um, hitting it on the range with Dermot, one of the pros here, loves Dermot and like loves his lessons. But the rest of the time, he never has like, um, he's never had a chipping lesson, never had a putting lesson. It's amazing how good they can get by either just watching or clearly just doing it. Well, they just mirror. It's it's actually amazing. Because um, I'm, I'm sure back in the day when it was Tiger's dad, he used to swing whether he was left-handed or there was a story around him being left-handed that was Mickelson's dad was it Mickelson's dad so that was right so Mickelson was left-handed because he would almost mirror his dad who was right-handed so he would almost be looking at dad swinging he'd go okay so I'm going to copy that almost his dad was a good player but yeah it's it's amazing what they pick up just by like just watching Um, I'm yeah was this the same kind of upbringing that you had as a kid Did, did you and, and again, With, without the uh, Tommy Fluter camera. Without, <laughs> without sunshine. Um, but like, uh, were, without were you, sunshine, yeah. Were you kind of, did you pick it up naturally? Were you kind of encouraged into it? Did you feel like, because I think sp- professional sports people often have to be encouraged and, and if to some degree pushed yeah, yeah. by parents to, to reach their potential. Yeah. Was that kind of the upbringing you had? Uh, yeah, I'd say pushed in, pushed in like... Um, pushed in certain aspects I think I never needed um, I, I do think most things uh, for the very like elite performers or the ones that go a long way I, I think everything has to come from like inside everything has to be internal in terms of um, your desire and your discipline and um, I got like for me again I loved the game then I love the game now um, you know, I always wanted to go to the range. I always wanted to play golf. I always wanted to go chipping and putting, and I st- and I still do now. And I don't need anybody to give me a push. Like no. nobody needs to tell me to go and practice an extra hour or two. Yeah. Like they need to tell me to stop if anything. Yeah. And I needed that then when I was a kid, if you like. Um, but I got pushed in. Um, I got pushed in, like always trying my hardest, having mm. the right attitude. Um, being respectful if you like I got pushed um my dad hated mistakes like um like but like daft mistakes he, he always understood bad shots and he would never get angry about a bad shot but if there was something I could avoid by thinking correctly or yeah, thinking straight miss put or something a like, and he uh or he, would, a ridiculous he get, shot. yeah he would get really frustrated at it so I got pushed in in those in those things but um again I never needed to get pushed in how hard you know wanting to go the golf um and I think like I obviously look at Frankie for an example, he's six and he doesn't he doesn't need that. But I uh, there's 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 always an element of pushing, and then there's there's different um, different obstacles or different distractions that get in the way. And I think when it gets to probably teenagers, um, you know, like for what I think sort of if you look at I would always look at uh, Tiger Woods or. Um, watched the David Beckham documentary yeah. recently and you know it's very easy to look at David Beckham and think he's like the coolest human on the planet yeah and he, he said very clearly in the thing he said going out wasn't for me nope. never wanted to party never wanted to do this I wanted to go and practice I wanted to hit free kicks and stuff and like it's understanding that those people that you might look up to did things that you wouldn't that you don't see Correct. or things that you you might you know other friends might think you're lame for doing yep. and stuff like that and I think 
at that point you just need kind of pushing uh, to do that and then you know the was that the king, sorry the king richard film yeah the, the, williams the serena, sisters. serena williams yeah. uh, the williams sisters and that kind of showed the discipline you've yeah. got you've got serena williams you've got like lewis hamilton's dad you've yeah. got tiger woods dad who who have seemed to like have almost over pushed it's to like some a protective degree. it's like a protective parent that can see uh, you know, that can see a bigger picture, and, yeah. and I guess as as a as a young adult or a kid, you don't see that as easy. Um, or you can. It's very easy to have a dream. It's very easy to have a vision, but actually do the things that, in the long term, will. Yeah, you know, I think sometimes as well, you see like some of these kind of pushy parents. They're trying to live a dream through the child that they couldn't ever dream. I think someone like yourself is so successful. You've dreaming your own dream that the child then can just kind of look at that as inspiration, just enjoy it. Like, you know, that'd be nice. That'd yeah. be nice. I think, you know, of course, like you're going to get things right and wrong as a, as a, as a parent. And there's plenty of stuff. I'm sure I get wrong and, and right, but you know, all you, it's our first time in it. You're only trying your best and you're only doing what it's you bloody, think is right. Hard. Like, it's bloody hard. It's, it's, it's hard. the hardest job in the world. Just leave everything to mom. It'll be fine. <laughs> um, well, how do you feel or think about professional golf the state of professional golf right now that's it's a good question because um, there's lots of changes since we last did a podcast two years ago lots of changes there's I lots mean, there's, of changes um, uh, I mean look the, there's still uh, there's a lot of tournaments um, there's four majors that uh, are career defining every mm. year still um, there's a lot of money knocking around and um, you know there's amazing players and amazing golfers uh, to play against um, wherever you are yeah do you think the money's good for the game well it's, it's good if you're making it well that's it <laughs> um, if you're one of the players don't get me wrong it, yeah like it's um, it's hard to ever say that money is uh, is 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 bad for the game and I'm a professional golfer like who like, I can't say uh, money is um, bad for the game because I'm one of the ones that's actually making it um, like uh, I don't like, I don't know as uh, like for me being a I am ultimately kind of a, a purist in terms of my dreams are still the same I still want to try and be the best golfer in the world at some point even if it was for a day and I you know the open is still uh, i'm still chasing the open and and that and um those are my dreams and as a purist that's kind of what i believe in and, and again it's still it's probably easy for me to say when i'm financially okay and and things are fine and i'm like very settled um you know other people might say well you don't know what you're talking about like it's, it, it's just it's just one of those things and i think you can only ever make your own individual decisions and choices mm. and whatever anybody else does i mean um i'm not i'm not going to leave one out to sleep on whatever anybody else does no. like i'm still on my journey and i think that's just what everybody kind of should focus on like their own life how do you think it's all going to pan out what do you what do you think the next five years going to look like for professional golf uh it's going to be a different ball uh, oh yeah that's Christ. Um, that's a different that's another topic and uh I don't know. I mean, look, golf as a game is still is growing, yeah, like massively, um, and I think the opportunities are. I can't imagine the opportunities becoming less. Mm. Like I feel like there's there's going to continue to be more and more opportunities, more and more 
um, growth in the game in both in both sides of the game uh, like you know amateur and professional um, what the tours will look like who has any idea because that changes that changes what, like daily what do you want it to look like what would be your um, what would be your blue sky scenario um, of, of, of professional golf in five years do you want everyone back together do you think it can happen any anything seems possible um is it a bad answer for say like i don't really no no well i don't uh, think any of us know no no but i was gonna say i don't really care <laughs> um I, I not that i don't care but it's that um it's that out of my realm of yeah uh you know i've had no part in any of the decision making nor do i want it by the way you i don't know and i without sounding like i'm sitting on the fence i have very little like opinion on what's on what's going on except for i know the opportunities that i have and i know where i'm going to be playing like the rest i mean like as for i'm you know i'm in a position where whatever the decisions are made i'm going to look at where is best for me to become the best golfer i can possibly be and where's best to chase my dreams still and until that changes, like I'm just gonna take the decisions as they come and look it, at that. It's probably something that's more the fans, almost in a way that I think from a fan's perspective, well, we want to uh, see yeah. the best players playing against each other, which we get obviously in the major championships. Yeah, absolutely. And and there's players that, like I say, that that's that's my choice, that's my yeah, decision, yeah. and that's how I you know look at it. Everybody looks at it differently, and I don't mind how anybody yeah, yeah. looks at the game and what is best for their careers and what's best for their family or what they want to do where they want to play that's that's for them um and and everybody's going to do everybody's going to do their own thing and mm-hmm. do what they think is right and and that's you know again like i don't want to give an answer that's like no it's sitting it on the fence sense. but that is literally genuinely what i believe and how i spend my life thinking. well it's, it's like when you know you say you look at that i won't name individuals but you look at some guys who have gone to live and where they were in their career and what they had achieved or hadn't achieved and you think you can't blame I, you know you can't i personally couldn't sit here and say that's a stupid mistake when they've got yeah, yeah. set up for life and you know whatever but who knows it's it there's a lot of discussions ongoing um yeah, i just i just feel like as a, as a fan and people who i just don't know if it's in the best spot right now and i don't and i can't see an end to it and that's kind of frustrating yeah me. yeah yeah and, and I, you know what i worry about the most tommy as well with all this and not that you need as professional golf don't need to worry i just don't want our sport to look greedy yeah i, I, I know i know and um like I, there's there's going to be numbers that are thrown around that they've, they've already you know numbers have already been thrown out around there and and there's going to be more i'm sure it's a bit daft in it yeah. <laughs> they're, yeah. they're unbelievable amounts but who are we to like say that that's you know if... see i look at it two ways because i i get what you're saying and it's you know we don't want golf to be seen all about money we know football the premier league now it's all about money but at the same time if there's a lot of money in golf it, they have to make that money by advertising and you'd like to think they want to try and push in the game out globally yeah. to more eyeballs it has to pay for itself as long so, for me as long as it filters down if somehow it filters down yeah. to, to grassroots level to get more people yeah. into the game, so it actually benefits yeah, the yeah. whole of game, not just yeah. lying in the pockets of, of select individuals. Um, but again, I've, I've said this from the, from day one. I fully agree that professional golfers should earn as much money as physically possible. 
because you deserve it. You're unbelievably talented. I get that. It's just, I think now it's become at the forefront of people's minds, yeah. the money element. Like anytime yeah, someone yeah. wins, it's the first thing you see now. Yeah, Sometimes yeah, it's not about the score. Yeah. It's not about the trophy. It's not about, it's yeah, like the first thing you yeah. see now is how many millions well, of yeah. tours yeah, against yeah, each of other, Of course, isn't it? and like, and it's, and it's one of those things, um, you know, it's um, like uh, a businessman, it's their job to make as much money as possible. And um, as a golf purist, it's your job to try and be the best golfer you can yeah. be. Um, if the two align great, you know, some, you know, is it going to turn that there's, you try and do one or the other? I don't, I don't know. But, um, and again, like you say, as long as it comes down as, as somebody that believes in the game so much and that loves the game, um, the more people that can get into the game for whatever reason and benefit from friendships from health from enjoyment from yeah. something to focus on from the disciplines that they'll learn from the game then the better you know Definitely. For me, so i think with the money though as well it's a short-term story it might be a headline for a day but like i don't know how much cameron smith won when he won the open don't care all i'm thinking of yeah. is he won the claret jug at the 150th in front well, of the saying, old, I, I the think old it's course. only majors that still have that Potentially, I don't think yeah. a lot of other tournaments have that anymore. But I think that again, so I think that becomes down to the how many events there are. If there was fewer events that all mean a lot more, yeah, yeah, you know, like the players obviously mean so much, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I think it's just the scheduling as well. There's so many events as a fan, it becomes hard to know, like, well, what's this week? Or that's not that big of an event, or but then Rory's in Dubai, and it gets confusing, but mm -hmm. I think it will have to change, won't it? What do you want to be remembered for in 10 years, or even longer than 10 years? Let's say you're coming to the end of your career, okay? You're hanging up your, uh, your golf shoes. You, you're about to, to retire from the game. What, what do you want to be remembered for? Um, I'd like to be somebody that... Um, I'd like to get somewhere to feeling like I reached my potential. Um, I, uh, there's, look, there's, like I said, I've got my dreams that I would love to achieve. Um, and I'll never run away from them and I'll be chasing them the whole time. The Open and World number one? Uh, yeah, like I, like those are, you know, those are out there. I've dreamt of them since I was very, very young and whether I achieved them or not might not even be the most important thing. It's that I've got something to chase that's and it's something that, that's something that will keep me working um, every day and something that I'll enjoy chasing for the rest of my life potentially and I might never get there. I might, I might actually have got as close as I ever get, but that's not the point. It's having something to, mm. it's having something to chase. Um, you know, I absolutely want to leave um, like a legacy on, you know, the academy is very important to me um, and how people develop in the game and what they gain from the game. That's something very important to me. And I would love to, um, as much as I, you know, might achieve or may achieve or may not achieve, um, still at the side, at the side of that, I would love for people to think of Tommy Fleetwood or the Tommy Fleetwood Academy is something that's doing so much good for people. Great. Um, so that's something. And, um, you know, I would, I would love to be Rick Shields in a 10 shot. Well, I get that. That's probably, that's, probably that's, that's probably the third goal. That's, that's dream probably realised World today. number one. The third goal. Well, again, you know, when you talk about <laughs> dreams that you're chasing, whether you achieve them or not, it's something to aim at. Like, that's that's one of them. I can guarantee if that is one of the goals, that's one that can easily be ticked off. <laughs> yeah. uh, but, but, like I say, I think you... you, you I love the fact that that's not changed. I love the fact that in hopefully in 10 years, you've achieved, well, even shorter term than that. Next year, next year you achieve the goals, you know. That'd be great, yeah. 
But I feel like it's nice that those haven't changed, that it's still about performance. It's still about, obviously, you want to look after your family. You want to be set up for life. I, I totally get that. And as I said before, I don't mind any professional golfer doing incredibly well because you deserve every every penny. Um, like I say, but I love the fact it's still world number one. It's still the Open. It's still Ryder Cup legend, but potentially Ryder Cup captaincy. Is that kind of in the, in the dreams? Uh, yeah, probably. I think I've got a lot to learn. Uh, my Hero Cup captaincy went very poorly at the start of the year, didn't it? You know, I've got a zero for one there as captains. Uh, but you learned a, a lot. You've got to cut your seat somewhere. I, I did learn a lot. Actually, in the academy, it's one of my proudest things in my career, that captain in that team. Uh, they've got the, the locker. Uh, so we, that Hero Cup, we tried to... Uh, I don't even know if people remember the Hero Cup. It was so early on I in the admit, year. I must admit, when but, you said uh, it, I was like, oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, I remember it, but... Um, <laughs> Uh, you know, obviously, me and Fran got asked to be captains of those teams, GB, uh, GB and I against Europe, and um, there was a lot of things. That it was part. It, that was one of the things after Whistling Straits that we were talking about, literally on the plane home from America, um, that we wanted. Uh, it used to be called the Sevy Trophy. That was the Sevy Trophy, yeah, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. But also in before the Ryder Cup in 2018, we had the Eurasia Cup, mm. where Europe played Asia. So we always had like a team event, and we felt like we'd lacked that because. We either didn't have the rookies that came in, you know, didn't have as much experience in the team format because, yeah. you know, we've been playing professional golf for a long time. Mm -hmm. You don't get any team games. And also, like, you, you get pairings from those, from those sure. events. Um, so and that the was Americans that, have, like, the President's Cup, don't they? Yeah, exactly. So that was something that we wanted. Hero Cup came about. Uh, me and Fran uh, got the chance to be captains. Um, and But we had a lot of tried to make things as similar to a Ryder Cup as possible. So like you walked into the team room, GB and I team room, you had everybody's locker and the kit and everything. And um, my locker is in the academy there That's on show. Cause cool. it was really cool. Cause all the players left a little message and signed the locker at the end of the week, which um, even as a captain where we got beat, they were still very pleasant with me. That's really awesome. Just on that then, regardless of, just back, regardless of tours though, is, is team golf something that I take it you enjoy? Is that something you could envision a future of in some capacity? Or do you just prefer that grind on your own? Um, that's that's a very good question as well. Um, like, yeah, like team golf is, team golf's great. Like, I don't know whether it's because we don't get to do it as often. Yeah, it's that nice it change. Becomes, uh, it, it becomes like so cool when yeah. you do it. Um, but without doubt, like the family that we become um at the Ryder Cup or the you know at the Hero Cup the just the the team environment that you create how much you support each other um how much you celebrate everybody's like good shots when they've won a yeah. hole or hold a putt it's all brilliant and and winning and losing as a team uh it is actually you know better than doing it on your own yeah. Mo you know um most of the time um although you know I still like I say, um, for my dreams and ambitions, I can't really do that in a team sport. No. So. Well, like I say, winning as a team, I can imagine that that atmosphere afterwards is just electric. Like, yeah, I mean, obviously yeah. I managed to, I was lucky enough to gate crash the, the after party briefly. Yeah. Not the after after party, <laughs> not the players, but like... I don't think I made the after after party. <laughs> but like, just even seeing that where you've got yourself, your family, your friends around, your, your, yeah. your, you know, the players coming down in the bloody pyjamas, the Ryder Cup pyjamas, like that, you don't get that if you individually win, do you? No, the no, individual win, it's you, your caddy, your team around yeah, yeah. you. Um, and kind of really, it's a much smaller affair. And very often you end up traveling somewhere else anyway. Yeah. Exactly, you can't really, really go out and get hung over too much. I think if you grow up, I don't have that much experience in it. I need to win more to let you know. Like, <laughs> I think if you grew up playing golf, we all did. From from being young, that was my sport. I was, obviously, wasn't great.
great at it, but I did miss that team element. My mates who played football part of a team and stuff, yeah, when you yeah. just kind of, obviously we had junior teams against other clubs, and yeah. I used to enjoy that quite yeah, a lot. Yeah, yeah. Playing county golf was epic. Yeah. Well, it's more Love pressure on you, isn't golf. it? It's uh, more, you yeah. know, if you're the final man and you're on the green and everyone's around. Do the Tommy Fleetwood just win it and just... Do, do the old Tommy Fleetwood squat and <laughs> just dominate. Hit a lucky one. Tommy, thanks for your time. It's Thank been you. a pleasure as always. Um, anything else that we didn't cover? I'm sure there's lots, but I'll just have to come on Same again. Same for part three. I think the golf ball debate is very interesting, but we need to know a little bit more about that at the moment, yeah. don't we? Because <laughs> yeah, that, that's looking like it's going to be a universal thing now. It's not even looking like... Uh, it is. It's for everyone, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. I was a bit... I was a bit surprised that it was uh, for everyone in mm. a way, but I, you know, I, um, I'm, uh, I'm someone that golf courses. We only have so much land, so mm. I, I am. Uh, you either have to change the way you make golf courses, or um, you know, do, do something about it and stop the ball going so far. I, I never want to stop somebody's skill of being a long hitter and make and you know, making that a closer margin or being an amazing driver of the ball and making that a closer margin, but. Um, you know, overall, from a long-term perspective, um, like either, you know, there's, there's golf courses out there that do stand the test of time, like a a Hilton Head, um, a Colonial. Um, I always think that, that courses where the, the ball is uncontrollable out the rough, if you like, mm. got somebody... Uh, Doing maintenance at the Tommy Fleetwood Academy. We're cutting the rough. We're making perfect. the rough uncontrollable. Um, <laughs> but do you know where um, you've always got a shot, but there's like flyers or the course yeah. is firm, greens are small. There are obvious, obvious ways of combating um, like long hitting, but um, you still want to watch people hitting the drivers and still want to watch people taking fun. shots on. So you've got to find the best of both worlds. And, um, you know, I don't, again, I don't know what the right way to do that is, but um, you can't can't keep making golf courses um, can't keep making golf courses longer that's not the answer Um, so you know being able to keep long good driving you know long really good driving as as a strength and as an advantage um, while you know making golf a bit more sustainable in terms of the land that we have is probably the the, the next challenge if you like and yeah. we'll see what the best way to do that is I'm excited Just, about all the new YouTube videos we can make with the new golf ball oh, yeah, <laughs> <great. laughs> like, like Christmas has come uh, early <laughs> just one last thing then before we wrap it up speaking of golf equipment while we're on that topic we don't want to name the drive yet so this podcast probably go out before the embargo but I'm guessing you've been tweaking with the new tailor made driver mm-hmm. and potentially putting that in the bag what's that like for you that process of, of putting a new driver in you're known for your driving obviously super straight um, like it must be a big task or is it simple these days what, what's that like for you uh, sometimes it's easy sometimes it's not as easy so um, this one in particular I used it at the last event of the year yeah. uh, Tiger and, and Roy were using it if Tiger and Roy want to use it you know that it's going to be uh, put in early that you're yeah. allowed to use it yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so uh, but it, th- this one's been a really good driver so like literally I mean, I, I don't even know. Um, again, when you go back to having a manufacturer that works for you, um, like TaylorMade, um, Adrian, uh, that, that fits all my clubs with TaylorMade, you know, let him do the work. He, he knows what's likely to work for you. And this driver was pretty much straight in as it, yeah. as it was like. Wow. And um, for me, it's launched a bit higher, slightly less spin. Like it's been, it's been very, very, all the good things, you know? Yeah. Um, like it's been very, very good. And sometimes you just get a driver uh, that might not quite, you know, work straight away, and then it takes a bit more time to get one in there. And I think it definitely varies year on year. Uh, 
And stealth two, that went straight in. That was a really good driver, and this one again has been really good. So, well, there's some... again going back to going back to the F1 analogy. It's almost like some some years. Mercedes don't bring out the, the best car or it needs a bit more yeah, tweaking yeah, for yeah, the driver yeah. or whatever it may be. It's like it's like a, a driver That's that comes out from any brand. Well, yeah. And then obviously different head models, but I suppose it's hard for TaylorMade or any brand to bring out a driver that's going to suit you, suit Rory, yeah. suit Tiger. And you know, suit yeah. the bloody general world of golfers too. Yeah, it might suit you the colours this yeah. year a bit more though. Colours are better. The colours are better. <laughs> yeah, there's a bit of blue. There's a bit of blue. Yeah. <laughs> I told Tiger, nobody likes red. <laughs> <laughs> Red's been no good to anyone. Well, right. Amazing wee time again. Thank you, Tommy. Um, thanks for having us here at the Don't Tommy Fleetwood Academy here at the DP World Golf Performance Centre at Jamira Golf Estates. Very good. Awesome. First that time. In the edit, that'll just be the first time. <laughs> thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. And we shall see you all very soon. Serves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.